And we are back. Welcome back to Utter Descent. I'm your host, Brian, and with me I have Eric, Pat, and Kevin. What's up? Woo. How's it going, guys? Now they don't know whose name is whose, you assholes. You're <laughs> 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 like, God damn it, I thought I knew who Pat was, but that's not Pat. It's mystery. It's mystery day. <laughs> it is a mystery day. We're changing roles. Kevin has to swear this time. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> oh, frick. And Brian's <laughs> going to be non-committal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, I don't really feel like it, guys. I'm going to quit. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say anything this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is episode 28 of Utter Descent. Um, this week we're going to be talking about a great, fantastic old game from the past, Halo 1. Yeah, we can probably end the podcast after this episode. We're never going to review anything better. <laughs> this is the peak. This is the peak. <laughs> You've reached the end. We're gonna get. We're gonna start going into the the next games. Halo Two is gonna be at least on the same level, and then it's gonna slowly decline into Halo Five. And we don't know what's gonna happen with Infinite, but let's be real. It's probably gonna keep going down. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna hear the depression in her voice just be like yeah so uh he runs in there and then he just does things i guess i don't really remember what happened there was a lot of cinematics <laughs> of people exchanging guns no it'll be like five <laughs> hours of brian re- reading books to us until we can understand what's going on <laughs> <laughs> yeah get ready for it <laughs> no i think that our halo reach episode was informative <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was informative too i'm just saying as you get past halo 3 it just i just have no idea what's happening and that's why you need this filler like we're gonna you for anyone who hasn't read the books including most of the people on this podcast you're now going to understand what the fuck happened between halo 1 and halo 2 there's somehow he got from that long sword onto the station they didn't tell you in the games but they also didn't tell you there was a book that explains it, so it's terrible marketing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll uh, we'll stay tuned. Stay so tuned. How, how you want to head off? Uh, how you want to head off Halo One here, Brian? Well, I was going to read the Steam description, but I remembered that it only had the Master Chief Collection, so that wouldn't work. So I actually went and found my copy on my shelf of the uh, Game of the Year edition for Halo Combat Evolved. Do you remember this being holographic? Kind of. Not really. Shiny. Uh, it's, yeah, it's it's like a Pokemon card. <laughs> well, <laughs> it should be treated as such. <laughs> it's, it's a really good box. <laughs> it's real shiny. Um, <laughs> Halo, one of the best shooters ever. <laughs> the end. The wow. end. That's, that, is, that is what it says on the box. Pretty, pretty bold prediction there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a couple different blurbs, and I don't know which one is supposed to start, so I'm just going to read them all. Um, You're the last of your kind, bred for combat, built for war. You're the master of any weapon, pilot of any vehicle, and fear no enemy. Bent on humankind's extermination, a powerful fellowship of alien races known as the Covenant is wiping the Earth's fledgling interstellar empire? Okay. Uh, You and the other surviving defenders of a devastated colony world make a desperate attempt to lure the alien fleet away from Earth. Shot down and marooned on an ancient ring world, Halo, you begin a guerrilla war against the Covenant. Fight for humanity against all alien onslaught as you race to uncover the mysteries of Halo. 
attack on all fronts, on foot or with a powerful array of assault vehicles. And then there's just like a ton of blurbs from various uh, video game magazines. Like, one of the best games in recent times on any console, bar none. Microsoft created the Xbox so we could have games like Halo. <laughs> wow. This is what the most important... Very true statement. <laughs> Hold on. This is the most important launch game for any console ever. Right. So wow. Halo 1 came Halo's out. Halo's single-player game is worth picking up an Xbox for alone. <laughs> Being pretty honest about that. So Halo 1 came out as That's a it. release with the Xbox, the original Xbox. For anyone who doesn't remember that. So that's part of what gave it its boost. Mm-hmm. Just like Wii Sports. Just, just like <laughs> Wii Sports. <laughs> games of all time. Nintendo, Nintendo created the Wii so we could experience things like Wii Sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Brian started choking. That, that got my coronavirus kicked up there, Kevin. <laughs> the virus thought it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> started a gaming franchise to last generations <laughs> <laughs> and to this day we still abide by the rules <laughs> yes with classics like bowling <laughs> See, people <laughs> laughed tennis. at virtual sports but now with everything closed <laughs> they're not laughing now <laughs> it's gonna be wee <laughs> basketball from here on boys <laughs> Uh, if only VR wasn't available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that was a that was a fun blurb. I'm I'm glad I went and grabbed this because this I forgot how cool some uh, some boxes looked, and this thing came with a dictionary of a of a pamphlet in it. Yeah. Oh, and as a those were the days. Yeah, like it, it's got a lot of information in there. A description of every single gun. Um, there is a whole bit about like all the different characters and a description of the different uh enemies you'll fight a good side view of master chief showing off his pecs uh <laughs> even has a description of the various multiplayer games and the back has a picture of that god-awful xbox controller <laughs> still better than the gamecube but let's be real <laughs> honestly i think they should have kept the extra the white and black buttons and just added bumpers why not one of her more buttons better yeah he could have i don't know yeah i don't know what master chief would have done with an extra two buttons <laughs> flexed that's <laughs> <laughs> ah, a flossing button that's what it's for oh. <laughs> then you could have binoculars and a scope all right uh but yeah so that's uh that's not bad i'm i'm pretty happy with that i don't think there's much of a difference in in that compared to like what we normally see on steam which is like you should probably buy this game what what is this game you haven't described anything just, just give us money please it's on sale just buy it <laughs> please yeah, that... please <laughs> right it's a dollar <laughs> i'd probably yeah, that, that buy box... a game if that was their description <laughs> there's some pretty stupid ones on steam there's a lot of stupid ones on steam yeah the one that you read off the box just if you just read it to me with no context i'd be like yeah that's probably like an early 2000s game like it just sounds like so like over the top epic statements and stuff that started the whole whole gritty wartime Xbox thing. Yeah, that is true. But it's so colorful. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They didn't get to the brown and gray 
scheme for another, another sure, few years. You can't get a yeah, and Halo kind of stayed away from. Can't that. get holographic covers yeah. on uh, Steam now, can you? Hmm. No, mm. no, but you can't get videos on a box cover yet. It's okay. Then you might find out that something's not good. Mm, that's it. true. You won't be distracted by the shiny. <laughs> So rolling right along, um, we're basically picking up where we left off in, in Halo Reach, because, duh, <laughs> um, that's the whole reason why we started with Halo Reach, because we wanted to go chronologically instead of based on the release date. Um, so at the end of Reach, it, it stopped with the Pillar of Autumn jumping away from Reach and ending up the Ring World. That last bit is the beginning of the of this first game, meaning Reach, they just did the exact same thing. So it comes in uh there's a conversation between keys and cortana about you know oh we jumped away covenant are coming in they beat us here what the fuck is that uh it looks like an artificial ring world well let's go towards that because what else are we gonna do we're about to die might as well fly at the cool looking thing um then it snaps to keys being like yep they're intercepting us they're starting to come at us so let's get everyone up get master chief going rally the troops and this, this is a fun intro to the game because it kind of gives you that desperation feel that the, the whole game carries of like, you're kind of not really supposed to be winning here. You're outnumbered, um, especially if you've played Reach, you know how much outclassed you are, uh, but they're still willing to give it a shot. So they go in and, and uh, go through like the armory section where you meet Johnson, who I don't, I don't even know if they ever reveal his name in this game or if it only comes up in two. But he's the, the drill sergeant that carries along through the Halo series. And he's down there rallying up the troops and calling them pussies and whatnot. And the fun part about Halo is there's a lot of dialogue in there that changes every time you play the game. I mean, to a certain extent. Um, and Johnson's intro speech to the troops will change as to whether or not he's saying, like, you know, for those of you who wanted to see the Covenant for the first time, this is your lucky day. Or, you know, I can't remember his other, his other statements. It's all something about, you know, get the shit out of your pants and get out there and die um <laughs> so then it rolls from the marines preparing to the engineers on freezing master chief and him stepping out which is when the actual game starts so i don't actually know if we need to go through a short summary because to be real um the back of the box actually covered pretty much everything <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' votes on that? I can read this paragraph I wrote. <laughs> Let me see. Let, uh, let's go with the box. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Nobody else was saying anything. Oh, that's right. We're switching roles, so Kevin's being decisive now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, the one thing that I will add, since they kind of left it off as a play the game to find out more... The one part about about the summary I'd like to touch upon so that we don't have to talk about it necessarily later is after they land and everyone starts fighting against the Covenant and all that jazz, um, and everyone probably knows this, but just in case, spoilers, <laughs> <laughs> it's the Covenant over their, their communications make it sound like Halo is a super weapon. That's what the humans think it is. So they begin to fight between the Covenant and the humans to try and take control of the ring with the humans doing so to, one, take away a weapon from the Covenant and, two, be able to use it against them. While they're doing that, they unintentionally release the Flood, 
which then begins to take over the whole ring. In doing so, they then activate more of Halo's defense systems, which brings about 343 Guilty Spark, who takes Master Chief to go get the means to actually activate the rings, to which they realize after almost activating the ring that it is a weapon, but it's not meant to, like, just wipe out the it's flood. It's meant to kill the flood, yeah. It's meant to kill everything that they consume and eat so that they die yeah. out. Hence why... Cut off the food supply. Exactly. Hence why the uh, Cortana stops them from doing that. Chief turns on Guilty Spark, <clears throat> and the rest of the game is spent trying to destroy the Halo ring to make sure that Guilty Spark can't find a way around um, turning on the ring. Yeah, because he, he can't necessarily turn it on himself. He needs, like, some sort of intervention of somebody to do it for him, right? Yeah, so there's a lot to why he can't, but basically in within the game, what's kind of explained if you listen to his chatter is he's kind of the, they call him the monitor of the Halo. He's the watcher of it, and he's supposed mm -hmm. to aid um, what he keeps calling the reclaimer, who are the people who would come back after the ring has been used to... Mm -hmm then do what they're supposed to do but he doesn't have the authority to activate the rings that someone else needs to make that decision and specifically a human has to make that decision the covenants yeah. are not reclaimers they're not the ones who've been designated to be able to master the control of the rings which is why guilty spark goes and finds master chief and if you pay attention when you're going through the library you'll find various bodies of humans along the way indicating that he has already grabbed other humans to try and do what you're doing and they died yeah huh so yeah he's think of it as like a i robot kind of a thing of they he's programmed only to be able to do certain stuff and he despite the fact that he might be intelligent enough to know what needs to be done to turn on the ring he's got programming that says he's not allowed to do that yeah and also to put it in context the the creators that who made the ring, which you learn in the game also, the Forerunners, are the ones who created the ring to stop the Flood, and then they activated it and essentially wiped themselves completely out. Correct. So then, and then that's when the human race got kicked off after that, but... Correct. So, to briefly touch upon the characters in this game, because, again, I think most people know who Master Chief is, but just in case. Uh, who? <laughs> <laughs> Master yeah. Chef? Master Chef. <laughs> Master Chef. Master Chief. Um, yeah, so that's that's the main character that you play as. He's a Spartan. Um, there's Cortana, who is, uh, in this game, it, it appears that she's just the ship AI, um, but in Reach and in the rest of the games, you learn that she was, that was not what she was. She was meant for more, but that's what she was kind of portrayed as during this game, was she was just Pillar of Autumn's AI. Um mm -hmm. There's Captain Keys, who's the leader of the Pillar of Autumn and effectively the commander of all the human forces that you encounter because he's the highest ranking officer. Um, he's he's definitely a big, big part of the game despite the fact that he's not present a lot. Like You're not constantly with him, but in most of the cutscenes that are of any importance, he's there. There's a lot of missions that are totally around him. Um and well, mainly because of him and his troops are off doing other things on the ring as well to help you further along, right. but you don't really necessarily see it. Right. You it's, just meet up with him here and there. Exactly. It's all in the background or in a cutscene, like over the, the chatter that you're listening to Cortana engage in. 
Which the book the book talks about what they're doing, which is was pretty cool. Yeah, it was the only almost interesting part of the book that went over this this game. Oh yeah, I was gonna. Are we talking about the book now or later? The next book that we're gonna do is First Strike, um, which is the one that comes after this game. I, we decided not to go with this book because <laughs> this book is fucking garbage. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say because my review was that it sucks. It was. <laughs> it was awful so end of story we can touch upon it because what what you're talking about is the other part the half of the book was them literally describing someone playing this game on easy <laughs> oh my god it was so painful it was like <laughs> literally like master chief shot a bunch of, of enemies and then he went into an elevator and then he and reloaded. There was another floor of enemies yeah he reloaded his gun and then he shot some more enemies, and then there was another elevator and then he went in, and then and then he shot some more, and then and then there was another <laughs> elevator. I was like, "Is this guy literally just playing the game and writing down everything that's happening right now?" Okay, he <laughs> took five was. steps to the left. <laughs> They're like, "Wow, this this library has a lot of different floors." I'm like, "Man, nobody yeah. wants to relive this freaking level." <laughs> and then Master Chief thought to himself for the fifth time, "There's a lot of floors of this library." <laughs> God, it was like, yeah, that was. It was yeah, terrible. It was like, like, like I didn't know how to like write what was going on in the actual game, and then the, the other stuff behind the scenes was actually kind of cool. But everything the Master Chief just sucked so hard. <laughs> it was it was really bad because, and the reason I know they were playing on easy mode is because they never talk about him picking up a gun that's not the assault rifle. <laughs> like everything is, and then he shot off a round from his assault rifle, and then he reloaded when he knew to set his ammo counter on the front of his gun was getting low. You're like, did you? Grenades are a thing, man. <laughs> you could pick up a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, the other part of it was really interesting because it, it, it got into like the Marines uh, landing on the planet and that reorganization that you're kind of a part of early in the game um, of getting everyone from the escape pods and like the, the Forerunner uh, building that they find and they kind of take over as like a high ground for them to base out of. And eventually when the flood starts getting out, how it eventually gets into those troops and starts infecting everyone. Um, mm -hmm. And a little bit more even after that of like following some of the infected troops who might still have a little bit of consciousness in the back as they're like being led to go and fight with the Covenant to try and take the ship. Like it was interesting. It was still very poorly written, but it was still interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, Right, and so like, yeah, from that from that story, you learn more about um, Sar or Private Jenkins, who's one of the guys who gets taken down in that video that you watch. Um, who's oh the helmet cam one? Yep, you learn more about him. Uh, Johnson's also at least talked about a little bit more. Who's as I said, he's the the sergeant, very important in later games. But uh, fun part about him, in case no one ever got to this, and again spoilers if you beat the game on legendary at the end right before the pillar of autumn explodes there's a little video of johnson and an elite fighting over an assault rifle and then as it blows up they hug each other <laughs> i forgot about that yeah it's a fun little easter egg especially when you get to halo 2 because you're like wait yeah you died <laughs> you definitely died dude <laughs> um there's only really two other main characters in the game. There's Foehammer, 
who's the pelican pilot that flies you around all the time. Never see her. She just is there to go, hey, chief, here's a warthog, and I'm gone. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> Enjoy. And and then 343 Guilty Spark, who's the monitor of uh, installation for. Uh, as I said, there's a lot about him. He's got a very long history, but we'll get into that when we talk about the Forerunner trilogy later on. Um, he is clearly insane, though. When you talk, when you listen to his chatter throughout the game, it's he's constantly like giggling to himself and kind of like flitting off yeah. to go do random shit. You're just like, hey, man. Like he developed a, <laughs> his own little consciousness like when he was alone for that long and then just like went crazy from it because he's just been constantly looking for somebody to activate these rings. Something to do. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it kind of makes it feel like uh, the Halo ring's a lot older than it seems because it seems so well-groomed, you know? See, right, it, it looks, looks new. new. Yeah, so like... It's kind of cool in that way that it seems like he's been doing his job, but like it's been a while <laughs> since he's talked to anybody. Right. Well, and, and that's one of the things that I really liked about this game is unlike many games, the world you're on is kind of just the ground beneath your feet. Um, and in recent years, they do a lot better with the skyboxes, but this was really the first one that, that gave you a feeling of the bigger world you're in. Like, you look up, you can see the halo ring circling back. Yeah. If you look out in the distance, there's sometimes things going on outside. But even more so, just um, subconsciously, they're constantly changing what the world is to you. Because at first you come in, and it's like, oh, it's it's a ring world. This is just some, who maybe it's a covenant thing. We don't know. You know, you land on it, and if then it, you slowly learn, oh, now it's a weapon. Now I'm on a giant gun virtually. And then you yeah. then it switches to oh, this is actually like a a genocide machine. Okay. Well, but they also make it sound like it's a containment facility, like this is a right. first I it was kind of weird cuz they're like this is meant to wipe out the flood, but it's also some sort of bank of flood stuff. Yeah, it's to like hold them there. Right, I guess so you have stuff. samples to study it's, it's, if something bad happens, but it's like if you, if this machine is efficiently killing off all the all the creatures in the world why would you want to keep any around if your entire species is going to go extinct what i think it was the fact that like they the forerunners got to the point where they knew they couldn't wipe out the flood completely like it was just impossible because it's essentially spores that infect the people or whatever creatures there and so their resolution was like okay let's trap it on these like giant weapons contain it here and then if it escapes start the weapon and kill the food supply i and i actually with all of the other background i have i don't know what how the flood got there because it's either the ring got overrun and when it fired it no i, I don't know i don't know why there would be flood left on this installation yeah they don't really explain like how the flood got on yeah like on like contained at least right. on the halo rings because like on other planets it's obviously not there i don't think they don't really really mention that it's all just isolated on the ring so i don't know if they were able to like lure them all like they just took like a child and they're like hey you want to eat this you want this one and they just <laughs> drug them right. to a halo ring and we're just like now get in your cage. right or maybe it's like uh <laughs> when the halo ring fires it doesn't necessarily wipe out the life on the ring itself 
That could be. But that's ridiculous. Why would you make an yeah, inhabitable yeah. ring if you're supposed to be wiping out everything, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I so getting into some of the the books later on, when the rings were fired, the the entire galaxy was infected. Like they had they had been mm-hmm. fighting. They don't really tell you the time because it's from the forerunners' perspective, and they're like thousands of years old. So it's kind of hard to tell how long it's been going on, but it sounds like it's probably been centuries of just slowly losing ground to the flood as they infect more and more of the, of the galaxy. And when they, when they finally had infected the whole galaxy, they sent the rings off to certain positions within the galaxy. So when they all fired together, they'd, they'd cover the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) No one else will know why that happened because that was gone. Um, <laughs> for all you know, I just threw up on my mic. Um, <laughs> no, um, so that's so. What would make sense is that when they all teleported there, the flood probably attacked the rings. But again, I don't know. There were a couple that had been taken and were infected. I don't know. As I said, I'm not sure. Because like you guys are pointing out, if, if the point is to wipe out their food supply and it also is going to kill them too because they are sentient beings, it's just not going to kill like all their spores. Yeah. Why would there still be stuff on the rings? I don't know. It's a... I mean, I kind of see it as uh, like they, the Forerunners were building it and it was kind of like, I mean, obviously it's going to take them a while to build it so they maybe just like stationed people there or station forerunners there to kind of like, you know, you're going to live here, build this thing, and then eventually you're going to turn this thing on and die. Well, but again, so maybe they, it was just to kind of like... They had the rings all in one central location at the library, and then they teleported them to where they needed to go. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. But he did make it sound like it was a research facility, like they had taken some of the specimens in and were, and were doing research on them. So it could be that they had a couple yeah, maybe flood it wasn't... spores, and they... Like this was this was Plan B or something like that, and they were like, "Okay, let's at least see what we can figure out about this species or whatever." And then when it got too out of control, they're like, "All right, hit the fucking delete button. We're done." Right? Or maybe, maybe after they did the containment, there was still flood spores on it, and the monitor and the sentinels like did their best to wipe out what they could, and then contained what was left. That's reasonable. Yeah. Maybe. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, the mon- yeah. I forgot the Sentinels probably did majority of the work on this one after the Forerunners killed themselves. Right. Until they all drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get on to another topic. That's I. It was all to say that Halo keeps changing in its perception, especially in this game, but it also yeah. continues into, into future games. It's it's one of the things that, that makes the, the arching narrative throughout the game very interesting and um, kind of it's it feels a, it's a, different. It's also seen as a, a religious symbol with the covenant. They think it's like something that was meant for them to wear like it's like part of their will to start the rings and like ascend themselves to whatever heaven they can think of or whatever. And it's just like, nah, dude, this is right. This is which kill probably you. <laughs> isn't helped by guilty spark. And I assume other monitors going around saying, oh, we need the chosen one. Do you have the chosen one? We need chosen right. one, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just feeds into that fanaticism of the covenant. Especially if he then says, you're not the Reclaimer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, what? <laughs> but I'm the holiest of holy. You're not a Reclaimer. Yeah. 
Oh, I guess we'll just have to collect another species. What about this bird thing? Is this the reclaimer? <laughs> right. <laughs> what about this amphibious thing that breathes just... blue air? How about that? <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> so what you're telling me, Eric, is that the prophets are just Pokemon Basically, and they're, <laughs> they're just trying to find the correct counter to this. <laughs> um... The next thing I want to touch upon within the story was: uh, Is everyone in agreement the covenant, the covenant, are to blame for the flood getting out? Uh, I want to say it's kind of fifty-fifty. I'd say I mean, at le- at most eighty-twenty. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. Yeah, I think that the the humans were going in to like investigate, right? And like, I think the covenant wound up releasing them because the humans were encroaching and they were like this is a holy relic or whatever my and this is not like this is not very clearly told in the game you're kind of you get this information by coming in and fighting your way to where the outbreak occurred and then watching a helmet cam and the way that the helmet cam portrays it is the covenant had already fought a battle here by the time the marines got there and the Mm -hmm. marines are kind of following the trail of dead bodies looking for what because the the reason they went there was it was translated on the covenant uh radio as being like a weapons cache so they were trying to find whatever weapons the covenant were trying to get yeah and that's why they were the marines were going through trying to find it that's why i'm that's why i think it's the covenant's fault because they were already there poking around and opening up shit and then the humans Mm. came along and just opened the door again (laughs) yeah just like hey what's it oh my god right I mean, like, the way, I mean, like, how you said, like, it does, like, the Covenant obviously opened the door for it, but I I don't know if it's explained on how the Covenant got that information of, like, oh, let's go here and see what's here type of thing. I don't know if maybe, like, Guilty Spark had something to do with that, where he was just like, hey, why don't you check this out? Because he saw them as, like, pests, and maybe he wanted to wipe them out, so he just let them there and was just like, yeah, open that door, see what's behind it real quick. I don't know, with his obsession about, like, ending the flood spread i feel like he wouldn't be trying to get them to let out the flood that is <laughs> that no, would that be pretty true. fucked up though <laughs> it's yeah. more likely it's like hey what's behind door number one it's more likely that guilty spark was being mysterious about it or like no you can't go in there that's a uh, it's important something or other you know and they're like we are the holy yeah, and prophets like, we up. are the ones you know and like, well, we got to find out what's in there because it's obviously important and important to our religion now because it's on the Holy Ring. You know, we got to yeah. get the artifacts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Look, I wrote it down. Now it's, it's important now. <laughs> exactly. That's that's kind of my thought about why why they would bother yeah. to open up this thing. They probably didn't have the full information. Guilty Spark wasn't going to tell them. Well, and he may not even been involved because they they have just a religious interpretation of anything Forerunner. So they probably got to the silent cartographer like you did, which is, that was the map room. And yeah. they were there. When you go to that area, you, you have to kill Covenant to get it. So they already yeah, got- Yeah, they were already there. They already got that information. So they probably saw what may have been labeled as like research lab or containment area or don't fucking yeah. go in here. And their interpretation <laughs> of that Forerunner- uh, hieroglyphic text or whatever the fuck told them there's important stuff here you should go here yeah but that that would make more sense if they were yeah just blindly following what the forerunners were being like 
hey, yeah, that's a warning sign. Don't go in. And they're just like, I mean, that's like every typical human in the world. It's just like, hey, you can't touch that. And it's just like, I mean, I can just put a finger <laughs> But I mean, on I it. can. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean I can't? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Shut up, Dad. That's <laughs> basically the, the thought process I'm assuming that went through the rest. <laughs> Don't touch that walnut. <laughs> yeah. No, the, so yeah, we'll blame we'll blame the we'll covenant. Blame the covenant. It's the covenant's yeah. fault. The humans, <laughs> the humans made it worse. But <laughs> well, because does it? I can't remember. Does it convert the covenant? Oh yeah, or is it only humans? No, it's I great. mean, in this in this oh, particular okay, game, right. I think it's mostly humans, right? It's uh, humans and elites that you see, but um, from what the description is, they'll take any they'll take in anything and and use their biomass. Right. So okay. We we never really see a grunt or a jackal walking around, but uh, it does take on um, everyone. Yeah, and the ones you fight yeah. are, are the bigger, taller ones with the long arm. Those are elites, and the smaller, uh, short yeah. ones that still kind of look like a, a dude. Those are the marines. Oh, gotcha. okay. Yeah, um, I gotta say though, watching that flood outbreak on the helmet cam is definitely one of the best parts of this game. Oh yeah, I mean when I when I first watched that, I was like, "What fuck. the fuck is happening?" And then that creepy fuck. ass music starts playing, <laughs> and I was just like, "Um, okay." And then it's just like you hear like that worming noise where it sounds like they're kind of crawling all around right. you. I was like, "This is fucked up." <laughs> like, what's happening? Like, this is not the game I signed up for anymore. Yeah, whenever I hit that part, it was like, I don't know. I was a little bit younger, and like whenever he puts on the helmet cam, he starts watching it right, and then shit starts going down in the area you're in. I'm like, "Okay, chief, take the helmet off. Stop looking at that." <laughs> just right. about to hit the fan and you gotta Turn open your around. eyes man you can't be watching this video <laughs> right right so they take it off and you're like okay now i know what's about to happen when's it gonna happen now great <laughs> yeah that really set up the next thing because you're just like oh whatever going through this stuff and then you watch that and you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what's gonna happen to me now yeah, it was. It, it kind of it brought like it like you could almost define that as like the halfway mark almost with the game because up until that point you're just like all right let's just try and just wipe out as much covenant as possible and figure out what this Halo thing actually is and then that's when you realize it's like oh this is a fucking prison essentially and then it's like part two guess what you're basically playing The Last of Us now. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Welcome to 28 Days Later. Have fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was kind of funny in the video, too, because I remember they were all going down to the little, little tiny, like, round things, and they made them seem, like, so scary. You're like, oh, my God, they're, like, ripping people apart. And then in the game when they have the swarm coming, you're just like, and it just kills all of them. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess they just, Marines just really suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well the important thing is that when they jump on your face they explode from your energy shield like that's what makes it so right. that you're not dead <laughs> right that's true that's true you also have uh armor after the energy shield it's a little bit harder to get at your your, your bit, squishy yeah, bits your, your tasty bit <laughs> <laughs> i think it's the way it spreads is that like once they blow up that's the spores being released and then mm. once they breathe it in i think that's just like that's you're fucked at that point no um um actually they have a little injector that they stick under your skin because <laughs> huh. they do have like the spore clouds and stuff i kind of assumed that the spores mattered <laughs> 
the the way they describe the spores is that that's them converting the atmosphere to something more amenable to their species. Oh, uh, okay. Um, although, again, we'll get into more detail about this when we go through the Forerunner saga, but the way they've described the flood is that they change how they are and how they uh, they infect people based on what it is they're attacking. So back okay. in the times of the Forerunners, they did use spore colonies, and that would slowly um, infect everything around them. It was a lot longer game they were playing with the Forerunners, but then when they went to take on the humans in the Covenant, they changed their form to this different kind of infection. Um, gotcha. Mostly because, from what I understand, the Forerunners are so much more technologically advanced, and they have so much armor around them, uh, it's very difficult to get at them. Whereas with the humans, obviously, most of them are just in fatigues. So it's just easier to get at them. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... <laughs> now, but that really was a turning point in the game. Because that's... All before that, you're like, oh yeah, this is just kind of a standard, uh, you know, run around and shoot. It's definitely a, a change from like a Doom or a, a Castle Wolfenstein or something, but... This... And what, what I thought was cool is it like it gave no indication like right. it was going to go in that direction. Like it was just like a a straight like 180 at that point because like you're just like okay you know like all right a covenant yeah alien species let's fight this and then it's just like all of a sudden everything changes and the next thing you know you're fighting an entirely different enemy type that's like trying to just consume everything around you. You're like what the fuck is this man? Like this right. is nuts. Yeah. And then everything kind of falls into place as far as like, oh, this place is actually a weapon and a prison at the same time, not just like a an installation yeah, for something. Right. And they did a really good job with the build up too, because it starts with Cortana having that freak out when she gets all the information. You know, they she downloads into the control room and she's like, Give me oh, a minute, mm-hmm. I gotta sort through all this and she's like, Oh Jesus Christ, oh Jesus Christ, go get the captain. You're like, what? And then you yeah, walk like, just go leave. You walk through the rest of that that next mission before this happens and the covenant are facing the wrong way there's dead things all over the place with their chests ripped open marines are fucking freaking out blowing their own brains out and you're just like something's something's gonna happen something's gonna happen i don't know what's going on (laughs) but this is getting freaky why are they giving me this creepy music i'm gonna watch this video cam oh no (laughs) yeah what's great about the turning point of the game at that point is that you basically I've already been introduced to all the guns, and when right. you hit the new set of enemies, you have to f- you have an opportunity to kind of try out all the guns again, you know, like figure out what a good combination is for this. Maybe use stuff like mm-hmm. the needle or something yeah. that you might not have used as much before because it's a different enemy type. And things like the shotgun and the assault rifle actually become more useful, at least in my opinion, <laughs> for for uh fighting the flood yeah because the the flood kind of tends to like be like grouped together and they kind of come at you at once so if like you use like a needler where it has like that aoe effect or whatever it kind of damages all of them around you rather than just like one single person like you would with like the grunts and the elites exactly yeah uh i don't know if we want to continue down this or, or bring this up later we'll bring it up later i think now let's finish out this okay that's yeah fine. just touch base on it cool um yeah, we already touched upon another topic I wanted to mention, but um, I think another real good point in this game was when you finally get back with the index and you're you try and turn on Halo and it, and Cortana stops you 
just because that's another one of those like hard switches that the game does because you're like mm-hmm. you've been fighting the flood now and you've gone along with this crazy ai and you're like okay i know what i'm doing i'm going and getting this key everything's fine we're going to turn on halo the flood's all going to die game over and then you do it and cortana's like you motherfucker you just tried to kill us all (laughs) yeah she was in there researching the entire time and she comes up and she's like yeah i don't fucking think so yeah (laughs) yeah it's like a regular video game thing get the key and plug it in thingy and then put it in and then everybody wins you're like oh okay cool yeah that was again that that was another big switch because then it turned from okay i i got a hold of how i'm fighting the flood now i have to learn how to fight the fucking sentinels great yeah and now i'm now i don't have a target like once that happens you're like what am i supposed to do now like this was already a desperate situation because of the covenant it got even worse with the flood i thought i had a fucking goal here of we were going to turn on this ring and everything was going to be fine and now this robot's freaking out and trying to kill me i don't know what to do <laughs> yeah now now you officially become like the lone soldier in the whole situation right all marines are basically wiped out of this part the covenant is still up your ass and then the flood's just like i just want to eat everything right no it, the more that i i reflect back on the game the more it really does have they did a very good job of keeping you interested right yeah like just when you were starting to get complacent and feeling like you got a, a handle on how the game works, they do something yeah. new. And the nice thing about all that is they keep you with like one objective at a time, and they make it feel like it's a significant mm-hmm. objective. So you don't really... I, I In some of the later games, I just feel like I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's And True. I just... There's just they give me a lot <laughs> sure. of information, but none of it's really directed towards my goal, clearly towards my goal. In this one, it's pretty. They keep you pretty simple, and they tell you as much background information as you need relative to your objective, which is nice. And then when they switch yeah. it, they just switch it. They don't. It doesn't get more complicated for me to track. They just put it. Yeah, as a, a person direction. trying to yeah. just play a game, it does make it feel like I'm going somewhere. Yeah, and I think that's also that they're willing to put in a cinematic that's not bombastic. You know, not every cinematic needs to be directed by a. Uh, michael bay <laughs> so they, they're willing to give you that i mean that video with the marines i don't know how long it is but it's it's a good two to five minutes maybe of them just yeah. slowly walking you through how the marines unintentionally open the door yeah um good acting goes a long way yeah i mean those teeth <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah the only other bit i wanted to touch upon before we talk about our favorite level because i think we might all have the same one but i'm curious um when he had to go and punch keys in the face to pull out his his brain and and wipe off the chip that you were trying to get at uh the first time i remember that happening i was like oh jesus christ that was disgusting yeah and then i played the game a lot and it just kind of became background noise then i played with the updated graphics and it got back to that ugh part because yeah. it actually looks like a person he's getting punched <laughs> yeah um, yeah i thought that was cool because that's like that's when you could finally tell like what the flood is actually trying to do mm-hmm. and like it's trying to create some sort of like hive mind and he was going to be the centerpiece essentially of that yep. and he was like you gotta fucking kill me like i like one i want to die because now i'm this thing but like 
if you let this continue on, I'm going to become something entirely different, and I'm not going to be able to control any sort of the outcome. Right. Right, and you listen to him pleading with you over the over the radio as you're approaching yeah. it. Yeah, that was. Which you kind of feel for the guy too, because it's just like, damn, dude. Like <laughs> everybody else just got turned, and he's just like, why am I the fucking guy who has to become this? <laughs> right. <thing?" laughs> why are you playing with me? Just eat me. <laughs> yeah, and for how little you interact with the captain throughout the game, they did somehow manage to make you attached to this polygon man. <laughs> yeah. Because he was just like, he was the guy with the orders, man. He's the guy who told you what to do. Yeah, he always had a and plan. It's like, once you, once you kill him, it's just like, well, shit, what do <laughs> I do Tana. now? <laughs> tell, hey, help me tell out me here. What to do. I don't know. What to, I can't do. act on my own. <laughs> right. Cortana's like, don't worry, I got you. <laughs> um, so yeah, favorite level, uh, if, if you can remember, you don't have to like name it, because I can't remember the names of the levels either, but like what happened in general eric go uh i i mean just for the fun of it i guess i really like the one uh i think once you come down from the ship the second level um i thought that was really cool i like seeing like the forerunner structures and like that underground uh electric bridge and stuff i that's kind of like a halo cliche at this point but um i thought that was a fun a fun map to explore it kind of made it. It was probably so one of the more the open one, ones, really. The one where you came down on the escape. Yeah, and you had to go rescue yeah, everyone. I like that one. I also really like the where the flood was introduced, but not much to talk about there anymore. <laughs> All right. Now that that second level is, I I think it's just a very memorable one because it's the one that you know the first introduction to what Halo kind of is, right? Well, it's yeah. also. I'm probably biased towards it because it's like at the one to one and a half hour point, like the time that I might run out of time to play the game, <laughs> and then I play it over and over right. again. Yeah, that was it. Was a good level because they gave you a little. It was a big level. They gave you some options, you know, and which order you want to go rescue the Marines. Um, there was a lot of the Forerunner architecture on display. A lot of chatter in the background from Cortana, kind of getting that background of the humans are trying to reassemble and, and fight back. This rock is not of natural formation. <laughs> Re- <laughs> really? You don't say. Indicating it may have been built by someone. The, the metal tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> Strange. With, oh, this doesn't happen on your planet? <laughs> With the not a natural formation. It's a fucking halo ring. Like <laughs> You don't think so. You think that's not how normal planets form. <laughs> You don't think thousands of years of erosion might have done this one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Quintana. That was enlightening. <laughs> that is one of those ones that kind of slides off your, your consciousness. You're just listening to it in the background because you're trying to drive. Yeah. And you just hear that, you're like, what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> what about you, Pat? What did you... Or would you pick as your favorite um, level? I think mine would be the part where, like, uh, we, like we kind of touched base on it already, but where you like figure out that uh, three or guilty spark is actually like trying to like kill everything, and like it gets unveiled that like once you turn on the ring, it's gonna wipe not kill the flood, but wipe me and everybody else around it out. Mm-hmm. And like, cause that part was just like that's when like Cortana kind of shows her personality a lot more, where she's starting to like 
not be more she's like more well-rounded of like her surroundings because she's been studying the ring while you were away just murdering things mm-hmm. and you finally get to see her like oh you son of a bitch like how dare you try and do this and he's just like hey man this is my job like uh, this is what i do yeah, don't blame me and then like watching <laughs> watching them go back and forth and then all of a sudden it's like that's when like the sentinels rise up from like that platform and they just start shooting at you and you're like jesus christ what the hell and you just get escape out of there right because then like now it became an objective like, okay, I'm not going to turn on the ring. I'm going to blow this fucker up. It is pretty fun listening to the conversation between the three of them because those two just go back and forth. And then Chief just is like, shut up. Yeah. He's <laughs> is like, this true? Someone tell me, <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? And the monitor's like, yeah, uh, I thought you knew that. <laughs> and then that's when you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, Cortana, Cortana, we got to get out of here. He's <laughs> like, what do you mean? We're, we're supposed to annihilate the races, all the races. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought you understand. You got, you guys are we were on the same page. We have to exterminate. <laughs> I've seen what you do. You exterminate great. Like, <laughs> Yeah. What? Oh, now you grow a conscience? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you loot that guy's corpse, and shoot him in the face. Don't tell me you give a shit about anyone on this world. <laughs> yeah, now that solid level. What about you, Kevin? Uh, I had I had a lot of good favorite ones. I think my favorite one out of all those would probably be the island one. Oh, you yeah. get dropped off, and then you're just like exploring the island. Like You get to drive around. You got all of the marines mm-hmm. with you. There's like a bunch of warthogs. And then you fight the hunters and stuff, and you get to go underground. And, like, there was just so many different things to do. I think the most memorable thing, there's a few things. Whenever you get dropped by the pelican, if you push the button fast enough, you can actually go back in it. And then it just flies you off the map and you die. Um, so me and one friend would just play that, um, like, over and over again, just screwing with the marines, driving around, running them over. There was a thing where you, if, you, <laughs> if you clumped them, if you, you loaded up the warthogs, and then you shot them all in one specific spot. Um, or it's like when they die, they drop all their grenades. And then you can you throw a grenade in there, and they all ignite at once, and you just go flying across the map. <laughs> <laughs> so that's mainly what I remember from that, is trying to flip the warthog over one of the like rock archways and try to <laughs> land it on top of that. I think that's what I spent most of my time yeah, doing. Yeah, I think I spent most of my time trying to get the warthog as deep into the facility as possible. <laughs> yes, that yep. was another good one. <laughs> like, I know I can get it through the store. Usually you can. Like <laughs> that was my favorite part about a lot of the Halo One maps is that you can you can weasel your vehicles into a lot of weird places that in the in the later ones they specifically prevent you from doing that. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that was yeah, I remember that was a lot of fun. I remember my friend and I, I think I don't know if it was that one, but it gets to a point where you have to like put it into an elevator yeah or like you're stuffing it through the narrow corridors and around a turn and, and we're just sitting there with my friend and we're both just like elbowing the wheels to push it around the corner into the elevator and then it, i think we actually got it up at the top and you just like roll out and oh man it's yeah. good times with that it was a lot of fun it it was surprising how much they let you get away with back in those days um i think my favorite one with getting the warthog somewhere where it shouldn't have been was i had you know when they um you're going for the silent cartographer and that door closes with the elite mm-hmm. and then that sends you off to go unlock the door. 
there was yeah there was one time and i may have been playing with either eric or kevin at that point but i got the warthog in the door before it closed but it's still closed so i'm like i think i remember that i i was hoping it would jam it open but the door still closed anyway so i couldn't get my warthog out you know technically half of it was glitched through the door i was like i guess i'm walking from here guys so we went and unlocked it and then when the door unlocked the, the elite's standing there and my warthog bounced up when the door let go and killed him <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was a fun game it, there was a lot of that level was a lot of fun just jamming yourself around with the warthog and even the larger aspect of, of just how much there was to do yeah anytime the vehicles came into play was really fun because i think i had more fun just screwing around than actually like doing the story man <laughs> like playing the actual game yeah oh especially <laughs> after you played it once yeah i think my uh my favorite level i mean pretty much everyone you guys have said is within my my bounds but the one we haven't talked about is when you go to get captain keys and you get back on the covenant cruiser that's one of my favorites because it's a very hard blend of the covenant and the flood so mm. you're constantly switching your tactics trying to fight them but the the part of it that makes it stand out in my mind aside from all the the cool and oozing into the valley below and um, just watching everyone fighting around you it made it feel real intense but at the beginning when they make you jump um the reason Cortana is like, she's like, we're going to have to jump because there's a lot of people coming our way. Hurry before they get here. And I spent so many hours, and I, I think I've done this with, with Kevin and with Eric, of just sitting at the end of that corridor fighting the flood to see how long I could last before I had to jump. A lot of fun. Just constantly tossing grenades down the corridor, you know, blasting the shotgun, watching ammo flying at me from their bodies exploding and <laughs> <laughs> that was a lot of fun it, it never stops you can get to a point where you push them far enough back that you could get back to where you started but there's no way out so your yeah. only option is to <laughs> jump <laughs> cool so has anyone played this with uh the game of the year or i don't know if what it was called when it came out before it was on master chief collection um the remastered version uh a little bit yeah i did I don't think I have. Ooh, interesting. Well, the graphics are a great improvement. Um, having you uh, like with a lot of these games, you can switch between them actively. It makes the game feel a lot more vibrant and alive because a lot of the older textures are just kind of gunmetal gray, very dated, <laughs> very very <laughs> dated, and not as colorful as you remember them. And there's like a lot of a lights that aren't present and stuff so it looks really good except for the people the people do not look very good they all have <laughs> yeah have a lot of mismatching skeletal features that don't quite texture right especially their mouths there's a lot of times where like keys would get done talking and he'd close his mouth and then like the corners of his lips would like jerk up and show half of his teeth you're just like dude <laughs> close your mouth what the fuck <laughs> I've always looked like this. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and there's like, wait, if I remember correctly, Are you making there's just fun like of a little bit too much space between the lips and the teeth. <laughs> so it looks like they're just like, you know, a good half inch like of just their, their space. Lips out. Yeah. 
Yeah, back whenever teeth in, in a 3D model's mouth was just like a white line that they drew around and hoped that it would move fast enough you wouldn't <laughs> see it. <laughs> um, but as I said, the old graphics are actually still very playable, but after playing a little bit with the new ones, you're just like, ugh. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to go back. I'm going to turn this off, especially the sky boxes. Like, I forgot how yeah. much of them were just kind of like grayish canyon that you didn't really get to focus on then you turn on the new ones you're like oh man there's like a river down there yeah cool (laughs) Uh, but it really is worth if you haven't played it with the new graphics i would definitely recommend going back and doing it 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 makes the game feel a lot different because there's so many more details now it 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 makes the halo world and the forerunner um architecture feel a lot more alive um and it's the only thing i don't like about it is a lot of the scary levels are not as scary because yeah, they kind of brightened it up a little bit too much yeah there's a lot of extra lights hanging around um which would be good for kevin <laughs> it doesn't have that like oppressive gloom to the level that it did before yeah uh, and the one thing i really liked about it was in the original games i couldn't never tell what the fuck the flood were until I played like Halo 2 and 3 and realized that they were like converted covenant and humans. They don't really look like an elite. They, the human ones kind of look like a human, but the other one was like, I, I guess that's an elite. I don't know. Yeah. Some crazy yeah, thing like... with tentacles coming out of it started flailing at me and running. <laughs> fuck if I know what it is. Uh, with the new graphics, you can clearly see what they did. Like there's a little thingy hanging off the side of the, the elite covenant or the elite uh, flood. That's the elite's head. Yeah, they had that in uh, so. Halo 2. Um, you can shoot it off, but it doesn't do anything. That's not the head, you know, for a headshot. Um, <laughs> right. But yeah, in Halo 2, they definitely increased the gore a, a good bit. Yeah. It's it's gross, but it's, it's kind of cool because you're like, oh, so something came out of your chest. Okay. Ugh. <laughs> you're a lot scarier now. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, the remastered one right now of like gameplay of it, and with the flood, you can actually like you can like with the remastered one, you can actually tell that it's like elites right. and everything because they still have like their armor plating still surrounding them a little bit. Yep. But I I th- I think from like the original that wasn't there. I think it was just like they all it was just like skin essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So on the flip side of of uh, input audio. I, I think this game has the best music of pretty much any game ever. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. Get your pumped. It does. Man, you, you get into a battle, and that, that drum and guitar starts up, and you're just like, let's do this. I am fucking so It's so freaking epic. Yeah. So good. Yeah, the audio, the theme music just seems to kind of go downhill as Halo goes, except... For Halo 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, right. But Halo 2 still felt more like Halo 1. Than yeah, it's just the... <laughs> the yeah, they just kick the guitar up a notch for Halo 2. <laughs> Which is totally <laughs> worth it. It's so just... so good. And they got the weird, like, I don't know, Gregorian chants with the random, like, sc- not screamy, but very, like, yelling <laughs> vocalization. Because they're not singing. It's just... 
like a o y o y o. Right. <laughs> Who knows what they're <laughs> doing? But it sounds creepy. Ah, <laughs> uh, and even when it's not like actively pay attention to this music because it's fucking awesome, it's still a good like hard drum beat in the background to go with the yeah. the rhythm of your chain gun. <laughs> just like yeah, let's yeah. do this. It like it made the scenes where it's just like like oh shit scenes like it made that like oh okay I gotta go like type of thing like something's about to go yeah. down type of shit. And then when it would be like quiet, that's when they would do like most of like the dialogue parts. Like I appreciate it there because you're not listening to like like so I notice in some games where it'll have like a hyped up music, but it'll just be two people just talking, and it's just like, why is this music playing like <laughs> this right now? <laughs> like, calm down. And I had coffee with him the other day. It was okay. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, I I just want to know what happened. Like. Within Halo, but also with the games in general, they just don't have this kind of music in the background anymore. It it's sad. It used to be such a such a prevalent like the, part. The focus. Yeah, I feel like the focus of it kind of like went to the wayside a little bit. Because there's a very different feeling playing through Halo One, Halo Two, and then flashing forward and playing through a modern shooter. They yeah. They, it just doesn't feel the same. Yeah, I mean, I think they were going for that like. I don't know, like 80s, 90s, massive sci-fi theater-type atmosphere. Which it's basically just like aliens, <laughs> basically. Yeah. With, with really like epic yeah. music and, and uh, guns don't, that don't make your ears want to bleed. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like I guess the later games kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of copied the game formula, but they didn't go with the whole theme of this like epic bombastic space opera type thing space i think it's kind of what it's missing yeah that's it (laughs) yeah and yeah because that's like that that gets you going that's really that's super epic and then er, everything else now doesn't really really the other thing is like i think with the other halo games at least they kind of wanted to bring it to the like emotional level like oh look at all this horrible stuff that's happening it's happening to your planet earth you know so it's like kind of sadder music, um, whereas <laughs> with Halo One at least it's more like you're a badass, get used to it. Kind kind of a <laughs> that's that's the mood they're going for. Is like there's all sorts of weird stuff going on, but it's not sad. It's it's good. This is what you're born to do, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're a killing yeah, machine. They, you're in your element. <laughs> yeah, I think they they were like trying to add. Uh, this goes for I guess a lot of things. A lot of different franchises too, and they try to add like more depth to the characters, and you tap into that like emotional core of them. Like, oh, let's find out all the personal experiences behind the main freaking stupid male badass hero thing. That back in the two thousands, it was like that. That was just that's what it was. You're like, yeah, I'm just Master Chief. Whatever, I'm just going around doing all these epic things. And then even for like for like Metroid Prime, they did that where you're, at first you're just like. You're this badass woman. You're going around doing these things, and then the later games were like, "Oh no, we gotta we gotta tap into the emotional core of this protagonist and make it more about them, not like the crazy space opera thing." Mm. It makes know. it not that epic. I just feel like they could do both. Like walk and chew gum for fuck's sake. I can still <laughs> feel an emotional connection to the cyborg I'm playing as, um, but it doesn't have to also happen when I'm 
ramping a warthog off a flaming pillar of autumn as it's about to explode. Turn up the goddamn rock and roll when that's going on, man. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right. You think they have like soft rock in the in the cassette drive of the warthog? No. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. We know this because we were listening to the music that Johnson was playing on his Pelican ride into his death, and it was not soft jazz. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing his favorite Celine Dion song right now. <laughs> Man, you know what gets my blood pumping? <laughs> uh, man, I just need some Peter Frampton right now. <laughs> <laughs> really set the mood here. Man, Sarge, why do we always have to listen to this old shit? This is your history, son. <laughs> if the Covenant want to wipe out this particular part of my history, that's fine by me. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, no, that was ah, just so good. We're going to get really sad as we move through the rest of the games and it gets worse. Uh, we got a few goodies <laughs> left. Um, especially, yeah, three's not good, though, man. Uh, maybe not the story. And the ODST, I... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's really bad, because <laughs> that's even more sad. <laughs> uh, wait, I thought we agreed that ODST didn't happen, and we're not going to play that. <laughs> I, I thought we said that about Halo Wars. Uh, that's true, <laughs> but I already played through Halo Wars. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, no, we. I think we have to do ODST, because it'll, it'll contrast well with Halo 3 and make us appreciate it more. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Yeah, that's going to be a trip. Maybe that'll be another one that I just play on my own and remind you guys Remind of. me of? Man, I never played it. <laughs> I played through like a, a maybe 30 minutes of it and said, yeah, I'm going to go play some Halo 3. <laughs> oh, I'm not a Spartan? Yeah, you can fuck off. Well, let me just tell you, it's that was, that was the experience. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how the rest of the game feels. <laughs> it's just eight hours. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so the uh, the actual gameplay. It's a first-person shooter that kind of defined a lot of the, the genre of first-person shooters. Um, yeah. It, we all know what, what playing a Halo game is like. You gotta, sometimes you have a health bar, sometimes you don't. You always got shields. Um variety of weapons sometimes they let you dual wield sometimes they take that away because i guess fuck us <laughs> that was too much fun it's yeah that was too much fun we're not allowed to have that much fun you might not buy our next game <laughs> we don't want you hanging on this one for too long but it was it was a unique game then and now it, it still has this weird spot where no one else quite does it like halo um in this particular one what I remember it setting itself aside from every everything else was all these little details it had, like the way that you'd reload the guns, the way you'd pull them out, little pieces of information you'd have on them, like the compass on the on the assault rifle. But even beyond that, it was like the way that the enemies reacted. You know, you you could come up, sneak up on grunts and elites and listen to their their chatter um, as you fought them. They they would say stuff to you. Um, if you if you threw a grenade and it stuck the grunt in the face, they'd go, "Oh no, not again!" and run away. Um, <laughs> or if you did it to an elite, they'd like get raged and come flying <laughs> at you. Um, the way that they they kill you, and the elite would stand over your body and go, "Ah ha ha ha!" and keep shooting you more, shooting it. <laughs> or the grunt would be like, "Oh my god, I got him!" 
yeah. <laughs> or just yeah, or the no. Just <laughs> it was they brought a lot of life to the characters um that even even now a lot of games don't do that. You know, they don't they don't say anything. The most you might get out of an enemy character is a as they fall down. Yeah. Um whereas all of these enemies had a lot of personality. Even like when the the jackals see you. In a lot of games, whenever someone sees you, they just start moving your way. Whereas a jackal will like put his arm up and start pointing at you and frantically like, Hey, he's there he is, get him. Yeah, he's over here. It, as I said, it was the little details like that that really made the game feel um different. Yeah, it made it like especially with the time that it came out, like this game like blew me away as far as like the AI went because it was like you said like they would point you out in the direction that you're in. They would notify all the other NPCs that you're like you're here and start shooting at you and stuff like that. It wasn't just like a oh I landed here and then everyone's just shooting at you just because you're there right type of thing. And they wouldn't all come running around the corner like in Doom or, yeah. or anything. They would like they would like actually take cover and like roll out of your shots and stuff like that. Like. Mm-hmm. The gameplay or, was pretty damn advanced for itself for when it came out. Or run away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like you Chasing cutting all the down grunts. this grunt that's like, Aah! just like running away. He's like, get back here, you little bastard. <laughs> right. They killed the leader, run! <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as you kill an elite, all the grunts just sprint out of there. They're like, well, I'm out. See ya. Goodbye. Yeah. That was, yeah, it, it really set itself apart. Um, another major part of it is is the constant chatter from Cortana. Like, Mm-hmm. it's not just her relaying information to you but it's also her making comments on the world around you like this tunnel <laughs> <laughs> um and and just that constant companion in the back of of the game that kind of keeps you grounded no matter what's going on and yeah you know eventually spoiler warning when she gets taken away from you in halo at the end of halo 2 beginning most of halo 3 it actually makes the game feel different from what I remember. You, it's quiet <laughs> and not in a good way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because it kind of you, you kind of like I don't want to say you get like emotionally attached to her, but you're like used to her constant talking. So then, one, it puts you at ease knowing that there's somebody else there experiencing it with mm-hmm. you. But then there's also somebody who's like informative and can give you information on what's going on instead of just blindly walking in there, just killing everything. And go, okay, well, time to go yeah, to level and- three. Right, and she's giving you guidance on where you're supposed to go without... It's a more immersive way of doing it instead of throwing up a little marker on your HUD that says, go that yeah. way. Yeah, go here. And the best Idiot. thing about it is they don't have somebody actually <laughs> following you that you need to protect, you know? It's, right. And it's yeah. not like someone radioing in communications to you, it feels because then it's just you being like under orders of somebody else, right? It's like, someone's there, I don't have yeah. to worry about them. But they're going to give me information, and they're going to give me something to hear while I'm killing people, you know? Right. And like Cortana said at the beginning of the game, hey, keep your head down. There's two of us in here now, remember? Like, yeah. she. There is that extra she's layer also, of, if I die, she's also dead. <laughs> yeah. Gives you, like, a little bit more conscious of, like, okay, maybe I shouldn't run into this room and just, like, throw plasma grenades <laughs> at everything. <laughs> or at least think before I do it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> try and jump out of the way um no it, it does a just a, a unique game with a lot of features that most of which they carried through to the rest of them i mean the elites may not look the same the grunts may not look the same throughout them but eventually they do 
jump up and run away from you as you're killing everyone. <laughs> yeah, they definitely kept kept like the authenticity of how they acted in the first game throughout the series, which was kind of nice. They didn't really change them up too much. Mm-hmm. Speaking of changing up too much, the uh, the changes of the guns between Reach and Halo One are stark. <laughs> yeah, there's like oh, God, yeah. there's maybe a handful and a half of guns in Halo One compared to like two. F- or four fistfuls of guns that you can get in Halo Reach. <laughs> um, it's, I don't know. I don't know which one I like better because this feels so much cleaner. And honestly, when I go back and think about it for Halo 1, I'm like, no, there were more guns than that. Like when I count them out of my hands, I'm like, there were more guns, weren't there? I, I don't feel like I was always using the same thing. But no, there were only a few. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff <laughs> they added to Reach you end up not wanting to use. Um, yeah, because you just want to go back to the same guns that you played in Halo 1. Or you realize that they're just a mere image of something between the Covenant and the humans because they're trying to balance yeah. the elites and the Spartans. And so it's like, I could pick up a storm rifle or I could use the assault rifle because fuck your storm rifle. <laughs> right, I could use the storm <laughs> rifle. But then again, I'm not an idiot, so... <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's always nice to go back to the basics. It is. With this stuff. It just, yeah, it you can just never feels... go wrong with a pistol and a shotgun. Very true. Yeah, yeah it just feels, feels very refreshing. And then, like, even... And like, it felt, I don't know, kind of a bit more balanced that there wasn't, like, all this other crap. Like, we were just playing a few games online, and it, it kept... The maps kept rotating between Reach and One, so you just kept, kept getting constant stark contrast to the, the weapons... Yeah. And it was like, yeah and, yeah. and it was like, everybody was on the same playing field, except if you got like the rocket launcher sniper rifle, so you're fighting over that stuff. But then we'd be like, we go back to Reach, and they're like, oh, guy's got the sword, and he just like kills like 20 people, or like he was running around with the hammer and stuff, and you're just like, god damn these things. And then, <laughs> then you go back to Halo 1, and you're like, ah, don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Although playing Halo 1, I had never played Halo 1 online, because I, I, I don't even think. Now, we didn't have Xbox Live when we got Halo 1, so we couldn't. And um, I didn't have a PC that could run it back in that time. So this is my first experience of playing it, aside from like just a couple of friends. Holy shit. That game is fast fucking paced. You die <laughs> so fast. And there are grenades <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, and the grenades are so powerful. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. They spam for days. Yeah, I'm glad they, they toned that down, actually, because it's like you see someone on a different grenade. Grenade, just throw two to be safe, and then everybody starts lobbing it, and it's like freaking game of yeah. volleyball or something. Yeah, you can hold four. It was a lot of fun. So. Potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, exactly. that's like way too much. It was a lot of yeah. fun, though. I was I was enjoying that the, that gameplay. The funniest thing is that because uh, Brian's never played it on the PC, he was like, "Why are people turning around so fast?" He's like, "They're not supposed to be <laughs> yeah. doing that." He's like, "Yeah, you don't got the analog stick anymore." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, uh, it was, it's it was super fast. It was, and and the thing that was bugging me out is, I, I couldn't even see who killed me. Like, I just come out into an area, and blah, I'm like, how did you just see me? <laughs> Where did I get shot from? Yeah, one thing that that was really improved switching back and forth was like, yeah, in Halo One, you had no idea. Like, there was no indicator from like where you're getting shot. You just knew that you were getting shot. So I'm actually kind of glad that they. In the other games, they added in like the location-based damage indicators. Mm-hmm. I forgot that they never used to have that in games before because you're just running and you're just like, why is my health going? I'm dead. 
<laughs> you don't even know like which direction to hide in or anything. Right. And they also made it so that in Halo 1, after the shields discharged, they still left this like staticky look over you that looked like the shields did when they were getting hit. Whereas in the new mm-hmm. ones, when they pop, they actually pop so you know that person lost their shields. So I'd be shooting at someone and then they suddenly do a like pirouette and fall on the ground. I'm like, I thought you saw it shields. So it's very <laughs> difficult to determine whether or not I should back off, right? Because yeah. if, if you see their shields go down and you still have shields, that's the time to push. But if I can't tell their shields are down and I see mine dropping, I'm like, I got to get out of here. I might die. Yeah, it's like sometimes you're just shooting someone and you're just like with the pistol. And you're like, boom, 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 boom. And you're just like, what the hell? Like, why is this person not at night? And sometimes you see someone running and you just shoot them once and they just fall over. Right. And you're like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of fun, though. I was, I was enjoying the shit out of playing that. Um, it was very fast-paced, which... It's been a while since I played a game that that required that much like twitch response. Um, yeah, the spawning um, was not definitely needed some improvement. Oh, without a doubt, I spawned on top of grenades exploding so many times. <laughs> Just like and I'm in and I'm dead. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Or like you're just spawning like. Like they had it where you, you basically just spawn like on existing teammates, even when they're in the middle of getting shot. So mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> you're just trying to kill people and then other people are spawning behind them or you spawn, you just immediately get headshotted because someone was already shooting at someone else. I'm just like, okay. That's cool. Okay, game. Whatever. It's hardcore early 2000s. They didn't give a crap. <laughs> no, they did not give a <laughs> fuck. Everyone had the spawns <laughs> mapped out. Yeah, they knew where you're spawning. Yeah. There was definitely a feel of that. I, I did feel like people were kind of shoot me a little too fast <laughs> oh i believe it yeah i mean that i guarantee they haven't improved that system on on the older games they just kind of kept it the same the entire time oh and in case you would think that the master chief collection would improve upon how many people can play co-op oh. campaign go fuck yourself two people over. Uh, <laughs> yeah that's annoying yeah that was that was infuriating last night we were all ready we just got done downloading and then it's like, uh, you've exceeded the maximum amount of people in your party. I'm like, what? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me right now? <sighs> That's why I think there's like an opportunity for all these new games coming out. If you're doing a remaster, like... Improve it. You don't just, don't just slap some new graphics. Like, fix the crap that pissed people off the first time. Yeah. So you don't, <laughs> you don't... You're not just stuck with all the flaws. Like, actually remaster the freaking game. Right. I mean, there's... There's an art to that because some of the things that you might think are annoying aren't going to be the case for others. But come on, four-player co-op campaign that literally is only there because the computer could not handle it back then. Come on, yeah. <laughs> we don't have that limitation anymore, right. so let's go. For fuck's sake, I could play this on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> um. With regards to the weapons, though, the only real thing that I wanted to point out, um, well, one, there's no medium-range rifles, which really changes how a Halo game goes. Like, you, you still have the pistol, which is OP as fuck, but... Pistol is the yeah, rifle. But, I mean, <laughs> right. the pistol but is a medium-range rifle. <laughs> it is, but it doesn't have the same uh, accuracy, I think, when you don't scope it as like the dmr does yeah you're probably right so like if you're shooting from afar it's a lot harder to pick off a headshot 
Oh. Yeah, well, with the DMR, the it's got like thing. an adjustable accuracy. The more times you shoot, the less accurate it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it changes how you play the the campaign as well, but also a lot the the online from what I found out last night. Uh, although most people are still walking around with the fucking pistol, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other big thing is that a lot of the covenant weapons they just don't let you use. Yeah, I remember that because I remember when, as I think it's that scene that you were talking about earlier, where he killed the guy with that, the sword. Uh, door locks. Well, no, the door locks and the that uh, elite has a sword on them, and I was like, oh, maybe this one when you get to actually use it, and they just he dies, but then it just disappears. Yep. Yeah, same thing with the fuel rod cannons. When you kill the grunts with them, you can't pick them up. I think they actually mm-hmm. exploded. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they blew up with the grunt. So. There were a couple of weapons that were locked, which when they let you use them in Halo 2 was like, what? I get to use that sword? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a cool improvement for Halo 2 is that they they appropriately equipped you with those weapons. You know, when you got them, they worked in a way that actually worked. Instead of just giving you a sword, they gave you one with like a, a limited distance lunge, you know, and that's what made it right. functional. And then same thing... Right, because if they just let you run at people with it, you would just die. Same thing to a certain extent <laughs> with Halo 3, like uh, the gravity hammer was introduced in Halo 2, but you couldn't use it. So that's one of those things where you play through and you're like, man, mm-hmm. I really wish I could use that weapon. Man, I really wish I could use that weapon. <laughs> Why didn't they let me use that weapon? <laughs> you know, and then... Right. I guess I'll yeah, wait for exactly. the next one. Yeah, and then Reach came along and you're like, I don't really want any of these weapons. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um i don't know everyone already gave me a lot of shit about my uh (laughs) psychological issues around grunt and jackal blood so maybe i won't talk about that no i i think it's definitely (laughs) worth mentioning for (laughs) i think it's gonna just be on radar somewhere maybe oh i'm already on that list (laughs) yeah so what brian's referring to is uh in in halo i remember specifically in the first uh level um you're in like these dark like uh vents um and you encounter some grunts and it might be the first time you really encounter them and you (laughs) you kill them off and the entire like duct just gets filled with this glowing blue blood that does not actually give off a light source but it's bright and then i i don't know if other people are like this but the first thing that i did was try and like spread the blood you know (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting it's bright it's blue it's pretty (laughs) let's see how much exactly and uh you want to know what the answer is an unlimited amount (laughs) (laughs) gallons yeah so yeah i remember i remember my parents were initially concerned about that because i was I'd go over to my friend's house to play it because I didn't have an Xbox, and they're just like, Kevin, that game's that game's rated M. Like, there's all this blood and stuff in it. I'm just like, it's Aliens, Mom. It <laughs> have its- As you're sitting there mashing the B button going, die, die. <laughs> I mean, I remember sitting in that corridor and just seeing, okay, if I crouch this way and I hit the very tip of that, how far can I get it to go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the jackals on the flip side uh when they bleed purple but it's a deep purple and if you do it enough times it creates this completely black spot where they are 
so you can create these little black holes around the place. <laughs> <laughs> it does not carry on into the uh, the remastered, by the oh, way. Oh, that's disappointing. They don't... Oh, really? Yeah, if you turn to the remastered, there's still blood there, but it's not like... <laughs> it's not everywhere. The fun thing, though, is I, I noticed when I turned it on and off, I would still keep whatever was in the Halo 1 original version. So, like, yeah. if you just got done with the battle and wanted to see like where people have been running when they got shot. You can't see it in the remaster. You turn it on, you're like, there's blood everywhere. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's like turning on like a UV light in a hotel room. Like, Oh Jesus Christ. I'm going home. <laughs> what <have I> done? <laughs> yeah. Um, <so laughs> speaking of things that were fun that they took away, um, or no, I guess I should go the other way. Eh, I tried for a good transition. I'm going to give up on this. The vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> vehicles. Vehicles. Transition. <laughs> we are transitioning now. Um, this game had a lot fewer vehicles, which is what made Halo 2 and I think 3 also had some new ones too. Uh, and Reach. They they did continue to add new and different vehicles into them. Uh, in this one, it was only like the warthog and the scorpion tank that was it for the humans and on the covenant side it was just the ghost the wraith and the banshee and you weren't allowed to touch mm-hmm. the wraith which was another thing that was really nice about halo 2 is they're like yeah you can drive that now You're yeah like, you can also hijack hell that. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i will say though this one had the best physics for the vehicles i think i agree you mean because they were just so floaty yeah the, <laughs> very low definitely the ghost had the best driving of all the ghosts. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but you I will never get people. old. No, you couldn't, but yeah. it was still the I, most I, fun because you could like do backflips and stuff. True. Very true. Yeah. yeah when, they th- when they would throw grenades in the air and you just sit there and spin <laughs> like 60 times in the air. It's like, <laughs> and you just land fine. You're like, oh, okay. We're good. <laughs> My friend and I, it will never get, get old trying to ramp them off the tank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> especially sometimes i mean if you go straight at it at the turret sometimes you just go flying but then sometimes you can flip the tank upside down and it forms a ramp and then you can just ramp them straight <laughs> off it so we, to get to all sorts of crazy areas yeah i was so disappointed when i played the other one and you just i was like you'd floor it right at a tank and you just go under it or explode i was like man this, this ruined all my fun <laughs> this is not what i wanted yeah <laughs> yeah but there's still a lot of ways to to cheat the game in in halo 2 um in terms of actually i want to mention this one because i probably will forget by the time we get to halo 2 um did any of you guys ever play around with using over shields and uh and the wraith to get places what to like squish you against something and I bounce you think up so yeah eric definitely did because he and i played a shit ton of halo 2 together but what you could do on on a, the multiplayer maps is you could put on over shields and then if you hit someone against a wall with the wraith it would shoot them straight up and so you could get into a ton of places by doing that yeah and they had all sorts of glitches yeah. uh we'll talk about it later halo oh, 2 yeah. is a, a fun time for breaking games yeah because it sounds like kevin was doing what we did in Halo 2 and Halo 1. Yeah. Yeah, Halo 1 was my was your guys Halo 2. That was like the I played that <laughs> game hundreds of hours with my one friend. Yeah. 
Um, we had mentioned this earlier, but the uh, rolling back to the combat within the campaign, the one big thing about this game, and it kind of transitions to the other ones too, but this was the biggest one, is how different the combat is when you have to fight the Covenant versus the Flood versus the Sentinels. Because um, what I found was when I was fighting the Covenant, it was almost always sniper pistol. Like, if I didn't have a sniper, I... Mm, Depends. I might pick up a plasma pistol, I might pick up a plasma rifle, but those were the two I was always looking for. Because it was all about taking out the grunts with the pistol, taking out the elites with the sniper rifle, you know, jackals with the pistol. There was a good combination for, for nailing everyone. Then the flood come in, and there's no headshot. There's nowhere on them you can just pump a bullet and them, they go down. They'll pretend like they do, and then they get the fuck back up. Right. <laughs> what they need is more bullets, and one bullet is what the pistol and the sniper are for. Right. The sniper rifle, you shoot them and you watch it go through them and ricochet off the wall and you're like, okay, this is not <laughs> going to work. And that's when, for me again, assault rifle shotgun is what I tended to use for the flood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that doesn't really work for the Covenant because the shotguns, like, yeah, you can go blow grunts away with it and it'll work on elites, but you got to get too close and they shoot yeah. a lot more than the flood do. The Flood are much more about getting the fuck in your face. That's why the shotgun's so essential for killing them. Um, and then when it comes to the Sentinels, it's almost exclusively plasma weapons. Because everything else doesn't do enough like damage per hit. And they're so floaty and... Well, not difficult to hit, but you get my point. They're kind of harder to get at. And if you use a plasma pistol, it locks onto them. Um, that makes the areas where they cross over those three really hard. Because you got to constantly be switching out your guns or using, like, not the best tactics for taking out what you're currently fighting. Yeah, but at least because there's a limited uh, set of weapons, you can usually find at least something you need, you know? Mm -hmm. You might not be able to find a sniper rifle or a shotgun, but everything else is typically in good supply except for pistol ammo. Right, but it also... They always, they always made that one a little shorter, because I think of how <laughs> OP it was. Right. It also kept the game <clears throat> refreshing itself throughout it because you'd be, you know, you start getting comfortable with how you're fighting and then they throw in some coven and you're like, oh, fuck, now I gotta change up how I'm fighting. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing we got left to talk about is the, the level design. We kind of talked about this a little bit with regard to, like, how big everything is and uh, how large some of the levels are, but in general, they're they're all linear for the most part, right? It's This is not Skyrim. <laughs> This yeah. is not... Uh, it, I mean, they have, like, uh, different avenues you can go down into or whatever, but it all leads to, like, the same location, essentially. Like, you can just go through, like, a different, like, left or right, but then it's going to go right down the middle anyway, so... Right. It's it's somewhere between Skyrim and Fable. <laughs> and it's, yeah. not, it's not Call of Duty. Call of Duty is the linearest of games and will lead you by the nose so much that if you decide you don't feel like flying in their flying sections, it'll just grind you along the wall until you hit your objective. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> um, but what I had never... I, I knew it, but I, it didn't, like... It didn't get to my forefront until I was taking notes. Um, I didn't realize how much the game was really just versing levels on me um like subconsciously i knew it, and a lot of them was it was pretty obvious but they did a good job of changing the scenery and like how you were moving through it like when you go through the snowy level <clears throat> and you come back in the banshee 
like yes it's clearly you're coming back through the same areas but because you're traversing to go up towards these higher objectives you're not really paying attention to what's going on in the ground so it feels very different yeah. than it did when you came through the first time mm-hmm. or like yeah nothing felt like it was like repeated really right it was like most most of the yeah. game is, is the reverse <laughs> of a previous part but it doesn't really feel that way because you're as i said they changed the scenery there's now something blown up in it to distract you from the fact that it's the same level just turned around yeah where you're like fighting through the same area but then something has changed it like when the flood gets released you start noticing like things looking like infected almost type mm-hmm. of environment where it looks like the, like the spores are growing and stuff like that which kind of gave added that element to it going like you know how quickly this can spread and everything like that too yeah right and they don't force you to go through some of the same areas and that kind of keeps you from feeling like you're just going back through the level again halo really likes yeah. doing that though they carried that on it does and um <laughs> i think halo one did it well because it helps you to like when you're going back through a level right you know what's happening but it's kind of nice because now you kind of got a feel for what the level looks like so you have a bit more like information than you did when you were going the other way um so that kind of makes it feel like because you're taking it from the other direction you have like the defenses on your side you have some guns lying around all that good stuff but uh it feels like you have a different experience because i mean although you might be able to (laughs) remember how the whole map looks off memory right now you just played through it so like you you're more familiar you know Mm-hmm. yeah um and the other thing about about the levels is there's a lot of verticality to it that you don't kind of realize when you first move through them like a lot of them will have you come in from a different level later on and you might go through a bunch of quarters and then you pop up in the same area but a level or three up and you're like you kind of realize this is probably the area i was in before but it, it doesn't feel that way as much just because you went through all that mm-hmm. other stuff to get there. And it also really changes um, how the game feels, because unlike in some of the older games like Quake Quake 2, um, Wolfenstein, a lot of times it's you enter the room, the enemies are there, or they're going to come from the ex- the areas you didn't come from. Whereas in this game, they're, they'll spawn enemies from wherever the fuck they feel like. It could be, it could be <laughs> yeah. above you, they could be <laughs> below you, they could come from the door you just walked through. Um, where they come through like the like that one area where you're running to get the uh the, like the key or whatever to start the ring they're like coming out right. of vents and shit like they, that they can yeah. come from anywhere and it, it keeps you on your toes and makes you constantly aware of your uh your motion sensor to make sure you know where the enemies are going to be coming yeah. from because like the radar <clears throat> will go off and there'll be like blips everywhere but you're like not seeing any enemies and then they'll just pour out of the fucking ground and you're like dear god <laughs> you start just blowing yeah. everything up <laughs> Yeah, it really makes you feel like you're not in control. <laughs> you're yeah. you're in someone else's territory right now. They own this. <laughs> um, and of course, the best way to end an episode on a Halo game is to talk about the racing at the end of it. Oh hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> can't can't end a Halo game properly without having a race. Um, yeah, <laughs> and this one was well starting a massive bomb and then yeah. racing <laughs> it was yeah this was a fun one because you get to it's the first time it happens they get the weird like verticality race course driving over these whatever the fuck it is inside of the pillar of autumn like they didn't even try and explain 
yeah. what it is you're moving I, through. <laughs> I think that it was a like the hangar, you know, where or like the storage Maybe. facilities. Could <laughs> that's what I. I that's the only thing I could imagine it like could that. be. <laughs> yeah. Like who built this? <laughs> was a line. Nintendo. Was a line too difficult for you guys? You couldn't. You had to make roller coaster ramps. <laughs> Everything couldn't just be on one level. <laughs> but now you're going through it, shit's exploding, the floods everywhere with the Covenant fighting them, and then you finally get to where Foe Hammer's gonna pick you up, and she dies. <laughs> and you're like, fuck. Now you go flying off, countdown timer's getting closer and closer, especially if you're not good at driving. You're like, oh, I might not make it. You're running into everything. <laughs> yeah. And get there hop out of your warthog especially if the fucking thing flips because you're going fast if you oh, flip God. when you're on top of one of those yeah. like roller coaster bits and it goes flying down to the bottom you're like it's gonna take me <laughs> yep. a couple minutes to get to that i think i'm gonna die and i'm unlike other games <laughs> like call of duty it will let you die this is this yeah. is not they're gonna extend the time for mm-mm. you hit that time limit you're dead you're starting over um and you but you make it though you get to the end you go running by a bunch of flood and covenant still fighting blowing a couple away get, you can feel the people chasing you behind you get on the long sword punch it go boom such a great fucking ending to a game just yeah just watching the ring just blow <laughs> yeah the fuck oh, yeah it was it was a solid end to a game it's it's still even after all mm-hmm. these times after all these years watching that go down you're just like that's the way a game should end Nice little cliffhanger. But also everything's done. Move on. Right. <laughs> so if that was it, yeah. that can be it. Like you it, know? It came it yeah. It, yeah, it felt like like if that was gonna be it, that would that, like they didn't make a second one, that would have been like a great ending. It's been like, Okay, well, we fucking saved the universe. Right. This is it. Right. But with that little bit of Cortana being like, you know, that's that's it, that's the end, and Chief being like, No, I have a feeling this is only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With the classic remove helmet off screen so you can't see his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Hey, that's the appropriate way to do it. I never want to know what his face well, looks like. Well, apparently he's a well, grungy person. <laughs> that's all we've gotten so it's far. It's a grungy white guy. Yeah. I mean, he never takes off his armor, so I can't imagine he's in the best <laughs> It's probably got a sanitation system in there. Otherwise, it's going to get real gross. <laughs> <laughs> He like takes all his armor and everyone's just like Jesus Christ dude. takes it off all of his skin falls uh, off time for my I've been sitting in my own waist time for once in a decade bathroom here we go <laughs> <laughs> well didn't you ever notice a little latch on the ass part of the armor <laughs> no as he's sprinting, <laughs> he's just shitting. <laughs> These are the questions we'll never have the answer to. You've been reading yeah. the books. Do they ever describe how Spartans, uh, you know, relieve themselves? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> this is an important no part of the that. war, okay? <laughs> I'm yeah. fairly certain that if anything, they just mention briefly, like in passing, that there's a rec- like reclamation sweet on it and they just leave it there 
Did you see, like, they're all hanging out, and you see one of them kind of just making a weird face, but like, are you shitting right now? Like, yeah, you guys don't shit your armor? Like, No, I hold it in like a man. Ah, <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be an episode of Utter Descent if we didn't descend into talking about shitting ourselves. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Anything else you guys want to mention about the end of the game? Are we are we all good? Um, I think that's it. Nah, yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah. Cool. So the next time we, we discuss Halo, we'll be picking up on how the fuck they went from hanging out in a, in a solo fighter around a debris field to actually being able to get back to earth so yeah because they're just in a lone pelican floating through space yeah well long sword but yeah right something that <laughs> something that shouldn't be able to do faster than light whatever nonsense right can't <laughs> cannot <laughs> slip space so uh yeah we'll we'll fill y'all in on how they managed to get from point a to point b instead of just leaving it with johnson saying sorry that's classified <laughs> dick (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah so looking to the future um i think i don't know what exactly the next one's gonna be but uh eric and i have both played a bit of halo wars at this point so despite the fact that we said we weren't going to do halo wars i think we're going to we're leaving we're leaving (laughs) the story the fuck alone i don't feel like going through that campaign no i think we'll Um, just talk about it as a side strategy game note yeah, I I might mention just like that it gets stupid <laughs> and leave it leave it at that. <laughs> um, and there are a couple of cool cutscenes we might just like mention in passing, but in general we'll, we'll stay away from that because it's it's confusing and dumb. Um, and then I think hopefully we might actually get Mass Effect done sometime this year. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll be starting on that. It'll get done. So, yeah. I'm sure everyone wants to hear about this 10-year-old game. They do. They do. Yeah, it's they want to bad. hear how much, how much it upsets you to have to play it, because <laughs> you're not an RPG guy. We're actually going to get back... I'm sure I'll have things to say. We're going to get back to the roots of this. Instead of agreeing, we should be arguing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too much agreeing right Instead now. of coming on and all jerking each other off about Halo, or coming on and being like, Fable 1 doesn't hold up. <laughs> or, all right fine i'll say it halo one sucks go fuck yourself pat i'm gonna go find you and i'm gonna cough on you it's fine <laughs> turns out i don't have the coronavirus you do and i'm gonna get sick uh, joke's on yep. you <laughs> Damn. no one's safe <laughs> no one's safe um i'm trying to think there was a, a God of War, I think, is the next one you and I are doing, right, Pat? The new one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, buddy. And there's maybe another one in the works. I can't I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but either way, that's in general what we have looking forward. Um, and with that, we'll uh, do the plugins. So you can uh, find us on Facebook, Utter Descent Facebook page. You can find us on Twitter at Utter Descent. Feel free to flip us an email if you want. It's utter descent, but with a B at the beginning, as in butter, like buttering your toast, because some fucking cunt took our goddamn name on Gmail. <laughs> um, you want to follow us on iTunes or 
Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Podbean, Spotify. We're on pretty much all of them. Um, a lot of them are only going to have our latest episodes, so if you want to go back into the archives, I'd recommend going to Podbean because that's where we're hosting from. Please leave a review. Rate us five stars or two or whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Anything's better than nothing. Engage with us. You <laughs> Talk to me, I'll yeah. talk to you. Um Oh, and we also have an Instagram. I'll send you seductive pictures. Pat will send you seductive pictures. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to send you a picture of a different person he found on the internet each day, and you're going to have to guess which one's him. Yeah, it's not going to be me. Yeah, it's not going to be me. It'll be a collage of people. He's going to put them together, and it's going to look like him if you look far enough away at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of pictures, we're also on Instagram. Sometimes I remember to throw up screenshots from what I'm playing. Usually I don't, but <laughs> take a look. That's the kind Maybe of engagement we like to have here. <laughs> well, there's only so much I can do for handling all of it. So <laughs> fuck you guys. <laughs> Just yeah, do better. I'm sorry. Editing, organizing, and playing isn't enough. And reading books. You guys are making me fucking read for this. Uh, I'm making myself make read. Game? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. A yeah, minute. I can't put that off on anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> this is your idea. This Halo saga. <laughs> Happy I'm to be a part the of fuck it. Though. Out of this. <laughs> That's right. You guys didn't even have to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, so yeah. With that, we will uh, catch you guys next time. See Later. Ya. See ya.